All right, Edgy T. Saul, episode 37. How's that Coke taste? Is it good? Great. Excellent. Hey everybody, we are back again for another week. A little more organized, a little more awake. Marginally more organized, and speak for yourself on a week. <laughs> a little more work mode <laughs> there oriented. You go. Yeah, yeah. I've been back in the in the in the saddle for a week now, so yeah. So you'll get a stellar show today. Yeah, don't Relatively don't be making promises. <laughs> don't be writing checks that you can't cash. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm Scott. And I'm Scott Duarte on this end, Chanel on that. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Yay. Woohoo! Yay. All right. So let's just get into the thick of things. Yes. Um, get into the thick of things. So it's not awesome. There we go. I can't see the bars from here. Oh, no, so sorry. My bad. No, it's cool. It's cool. Okay. Okay, so news. News. What news. we got in the news? Uh, no news for me. No news is good news. Yeah. Um, uh, still working on my um, web page. Need a bug. Uh, yes. Need a thing. Like well, that. yes. Okay, I'll get that. And uh, I need to get lots of things emailed to you. Yeah. Um, but working on the web page to... Get it up, uh, working on putting my podcast onto my own site instead of having them at SwitchPod. Cool. So. SwitchPod go bad or just not fitting what you needed for the semester? Um, SwitchPod, SwitchPod's gone bad. Um, in a lot of their stats and things, they've been reworking it, and they said, oh, now we're back, but they've been reworking it for a long time. Right, right, right. Plus, it's just little space for a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now that I have a lot of space on my own site, uh, might as well just put them up there and we'll see if bandwidth goes too high, then I'll see what I'm paying, but it's still right. going to be relatively I, less than... I doubt very seriously if you'll be able to hit that bandwidth. Um, what went, did they move up to? You went through Bluehost, right? Mm -hmm. So if you click on the Bluehost uh, button on the front of education.org and uh, go through that, then that helps out our website, right? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Sorry, i got to get the plug in. Um, yeah, so Bluehost is offering 300 gigs of storage now and three terabytes of transfer. Wow. So, I mean, make sure that you get your site updated so that you get that. Yeah, I will. I will. But um, all you got to do is send them a note in through the help desk, and then they will uh, have it up have it updated within a couple of days sweet so, sweet yeah they're pretty good about it um let's see actually there is some other news did you are you done i'm done okay uh the other day when i was going through the creative commons uh you know looking at the creative commons site and the new 3.0 license which looks pretty good um i came across a new thing 
and it's uh, you can find it at oercommons.org. That's o-e-r-c-o-m-m-o-n-s.org, and it is a worldwide learning network. OER Commons is a teaching and learning network of shared materials from K-12 through college, from algebra to zoology, and open to everyone. Not zoology, zoology. I Darn it. Zoe, not That's a right. Zoe. That's right. Um, so they have all sorts of, like, basically free classes or course materials available for this stuff. And, uh, and, just, and it's not just schlock stuff. They're yeah, no, it's stuff good from stuff. MIT, from... Um, I don't remember who else I saw, but name good named universities yeah. classes yeah. that uh, their professors were just cool and put their stuff. Uh, here's open one source. you see the there's an evolution 101 um, course that is based on the UC. I don't know which UC it is. University of California, but there's a bunch of different campuses. Oh well, yeah, but anyway, it's for paleontology. They don't have a UCI or... Yeah, they don't say. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, which actually is uh, pertinent to our realm, is uh, there's a theory of multiple intelligences class. So if you're interested in Gardner and multiple Whereas intelligences... zero intelligences that's right. here. Um, but uh, it's that one's coming through the Edutopia teaching modules of GLEF, and I know them, but I can't think of what the... Glef thing stands for good looking now it's global learning foundation foundation maybe something like that but anyway they have stuff like that and they have um introduction to music theory basic research um you can just um they have a little search web or search um window and you can type in yeah. esl yeah and they have they have all sorts of cool stuff and the best thing about it is it's all creative commons so it's all open source uh it's free go ahead and use the materials listen to the materials <clears throat> Uh, so you can use the materials for yourself or your students or... Dude, I was going to say that. Man! I'm a thief! You are, well, yeah. since I didn't even say it. You, do, you weren't really going... To... <laughs> <laughs> I'll raise so, my hand next yeah, time. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, use it for professional development or use it in your classroom. Yep, yep. And so there's good stuff in there. So uh, go dig it up. Cool. Yay! That now, I didn't know if you were going to attack that... A little piece of news in the news section or as the featured website type Yeah, thing. it's sort of both. Um, I haven't been listening to any uh, education podcasts. Mm -hmm. I've been listening to T. Morris and Scott Sigler and uh, J.C. Hutchins. What kind of podcasts are those? Those are all, they're actually all books. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, right now, Sigler, Scott Sigler is also a fellow guy from Michigan who moved to the West Coast, except he's now more famous than us um and a little more, and he's got a great a little name richer scott yes yeah. uh, actually i don't know if he's that much richer at this point however um he has he's one of the first ones to put out his books in podcast form and and his first book Earthcore. uh those of you who are into podcasts should will recognize sigler's name and Earthcore. um Earthcore was the first book that was put out in podcast-only form, mm -hmm. and then it was published after that. And uh, and did you have to buy? No, it was all free, and it's still free. If you go to patiobooks.com, um, you can download 
books there as well. All of his stuff, uh, Earthcore, Ancestor, and Infection, uh, are all available. He's like doing the rookie. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's it, yeah. You got to be warned. Sigler's books are very, very violent, as he likes to say, and lots and lots of violence. And so, yeah. So, is it useful in the classroom? Nah, not so much. <laughs> um, but uh, they are a fun read or a fun listen. And uh, yeah, and uh, T. Morris is another one that was real early on in uh, reading his books. And uh, his stuff is a little bit more on the fantasy side. Uh-huh. Um, you know, kind of swords and sorcery mixed with real world stuff. Okay. It's, it's, uh, his stuff is pretty good. I like it. Um, and J.C. Hutchins is doing a trilogy called uh, Seventh Son. And uh, it's about seven clones. I gotta. I one of these times I'll have to uh, reel it back in. Yep. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, br- I'll bring the. I'll bring a. I'll bring a trailer in for uh, for the Seventh Son series. So, but uh, you know, there's possibilities to be able to use them in more advanced classes. Mm-hmm. More, much more advanced classes. And if you just um, listen to them yourselves, then you might get ideas of how to use similar things in your class. Right, right. Um, ones that might be a little bit more along our lines, um, closer, but still, you know, need some some heavy supervisory stuff, is uh, two podcasts. One is called Pseudopod, P-S-U, mm-hmm. um, Pseudopod and uh, Escape Pod. And both of those are short story podcasts, one story per episode. Escape Pod is uh, science fiction. Short story or flash fiction? Well, they, they include flash, flash fiction, which is an extra, extra short story. Usually less than... 500. About 500 words, but definitely less than 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, some of the stuff from that you find on Escape Pod is you know Hugo Award winners. And uh, some really well done stories. Some stuff for kids. Um, a, couple of, a couple of them, but... Uh, you know, real thought-provoking science fiction uh-huh. stuff. Pseudopod is mostly horror, so uh, <laughs> uh, listener beware. Yeah. Um, some of it is a little... I, I had to actually stop a couple of them because it kind of grossed me out a little bit. I'm not even going to go into what it was, but... Um, so, so as as what you should do with anything is previewing before you say, <laughs> oh, this is going to be great for class, it's Absolutely. a great idea, Absolutely. or, oh, this episode was great... I bet that one will be just as good. Right. No, 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 no. Listen to it first. Yeah, it's a little bit of catch-as-catch-can. It's like, you know, use the ninja. (laughs) Use askaninja.com. Anyway, so that's that's our non-podcast section. All right. Ding. Okay. And main topic today. Um, Main topic today is... Uh, going on Crashin's affective filter. A what? Affective filter. That's my twang. Oh, that's right. You're from Texas. <laughs> affective filter. So, how effective is the affective? Well, well. And what is the difference between E and A, anyway? E effect is a noun. Affect is the verb. Oh. Okay. He affected me but the effect of what he did was oh i see 
I'm not even going to touch it. <laughs> not even going to touch it. So, uh, how does that translate well, what, into what important for us? What is an effective us? filter, and yeah. how do you remove it? Yes. So oh. you brought the topic, man. <laughs> <laughs> so what is? Break it down for me as far as make. Give me something simple that I can understand. Okay. Well, what is a filter? Uh, let's just look at it that way. A coffee you have filter. a pop filter. I have a pop filter here. My so wife uses a coffee filter. Yes, she does. So it's something that you put in front of something else to limit what goes through. Okay. A uh, coffee filter. You put it between the coffee grinds and the pot to to get the grinds out. We may have to dial it up just a little bit. <laughs> That yeah. might, uh, when I when I said break it down, I maybe was a little not specific enough. <laughs> break it down for how do we use it? All right. So that's the filter. So okay. So effective through. filters are those barriers that students place in their mind that prevent uh, language learning, second language learning. Ah, oh, cool. And so, uh, how do we break those down? Well, first, um, let's talk a little more about them. Uh, Crashin brings out the importance of three things, motivation, self-confidence, and anxiety. And these factors um, are more involved in constructing the acquired system um, than in learning. Oh, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically, you need to get students motivated. You need to have them build up their confidence and reduce their anxiety to have let them truly uh, reach the, the full capacity of language learning. Right. So that in a nutshell. All right. All right. Does so you work? have to base yeah, that. That's much better. Okay. I can I can get my head around that. You don't like the coffee just, filter thing? I love coffee filters. Okay. And coffee. <laughs> I love the coffee filters because they give me coffee. Well, that's true. Anyway. Without gr grounds in them. <laughs> without grounds in them. Um, without any grounds. So, affective filter. So, like, in the class, students... Okay, so, if, if students aren't motivated, right? if they are afraid of making mistakes... Booga, booga, booga. Exactly. Um, they're not going to um, have the greatest desire to learn. Mm-hmm. And so those are filters that they put up in their mind, and it limits what language they can acquire and produce. Cool. And so our jobs as language educators is to remove those filters as much as possible so that the students, are their minds are free to absorb as much information as possible. Right, right. Um, the... Which one do you think is the most uh, detrimental hmm. in your experience, or, or you know, just off the, off the cuff? Or do you, which one do you run into the most first? Do you run into the most, or which one do you run into first? <laughs> um, it's a lot of questions. For for lower level students, it's probably anxiety mm -hmm. because a lot of them are motivated; they want to learn a second language but they're scared to do mm -hmm. it. So you need to make the classroom not a threatening place. Scared, give me more on scared, what do you mean? Scared of? Scared of looking foolish in front of them. Their friends right. um, sounding stupid, right, right. especially if their friends are a little more uh, linguistically talented uh -huh. than they are. 
Um, just afraid of embarrassing themselves. And what happens in the second year? I mean, that can be second, even third year. If they if keep, if those filters are never removed and they're not growing as much, they're going to uh, stay there or even uh, get bigger. Yeah, I. For me, what I what I find, yeah, the the anxiety is a big one, particularly first year. I totally agree with that. I find second year, however, the students have realized it's just another class, and um, my most common affective issue is uh, motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, they've realized that drinking beer is more fun than studying or doing homework. And you know, I, I'm not going to argue just the with the elementary them. school students. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with them in a if we're university setting things. Um, I'm not going to argue with them because I tend to agree. But <laughs> but if you could drink beer and speak English, we'll see. Now there's a study for that. <laughs> but that's a different show. That is a different show. And it is a way to lower the anxiety yeah, filter because yes. I understand a lot more Japanese when I'm drunk. And you're not as afraid to make mistakes. Yep, I don't care. I'm <laughs> mistakes. Um, but yeah, for me, I mean, motivation really is the second is second and third year issue. Usually mm-hmm. by seniors. Um, sometimes I don't know. Sometimes you got conflicting life events going on because you know, there's the whole job hunting thing and. Uh, there's some issues with that, but that doesn't fall under affective so much. It's just, it's a different set of, I think. Yeah. You know, so, so, um, so that's an affective filter. (laughs) Basically. Um, but I think, and, and we didn't touch on it. Self-confidence does play in. And I think that that's pretty much, uh, are pretty heavily linked to the anxiety. Yeah. If well, and to a certain degree, motivation as well. True. I mean, it's really a kind of a triangle. It's a love triangle. It's and the they trinity, the up. holy trinity of language learning. The matrix. <laughs> it's the matrix of language learning. Oh, um, stay the course. Stay yeah, the course. I'm working. I'm working. <laughs> it's over there somewhere. <laughs> um, oh, now I lost it. Go. Self-confidence? Yes, self-confidence. I mean, you can't pull self-confidence away completely from the other things. And so what a lot of, I think, if you address self-confidence, then motivation to a lesser degree, not as, you know, but uh, certainly anxiety. Yeah. If you you can start early, build up their self-confidence, just say, oh, that's a great job, even... If they're just screwing up, when in the, in the early early stages, then they'll be they won't be as afraid to make the mistakes, and they need right. to make those mistakes to learn to be able the to, language. Right. Um, and I will say that this goes outside of the uh, language classroom. Also, um, it's not just a language issue for self confidence informing. Um, uh, how well a kid does in a class any class if the kid's not if the kid has no self-confidence you always keep beating them down they're not going to perform right but if you catch them doing and this is I'm, I'm doing a lot of work with uh, students who are getting ready to go into teaching it's kind of a teaching program but not official mm-hmm. um, 
and you have to catch kids doing the right things instead of catch them doing the wrong things. Sometimes even you got to let some of the wrong things go to catch them getting doing the right things because a lot of times they're doing they're acting out or not behaving in class because mm -hmm. they want attention. And negative attention is just as good as positive attention. Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, it all depends on which level you're teaching yes. as to, to which of the filters you are primarily um, addressing. addressing. But I think, and in the lower levels, it doesn't matter if it's K through 12, if it's university, you need to build up that self-confidence. Yeah. And so for those levels... Um, one of the things is not doing as much error correction. Yes. Um, you want to be able to build up, um, have them not be afraid to say something because you're, you're standing over there saying, no, is, not are, or right, right. whatever, whichever right. relative pronouns, not. Well, and again, it comes back to catch them doing the right things. You right. know, maybe try it, try it this way for the first six weeks of a class. You don't talk about what's wrong with the papers, but talk about what's right with the papers. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a as a human, you know, I'll I'll tell you how the humans go. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Whack. Uh, because from the human standpoint, you it's easier to catch what's wrong. Uh huh. And to scold. My wife that. does it all the time. Yeah, there you go. And to scold that as opposed to catch what's right and praise it to bring it up. Mm hmm. It all depends on, uh, you need to look at how you are as an educator. And a lot of what you do in the classroom reflects on how many filters your students are going to put up yep. or not. Yep. Because if you're a real, you know, a real pain about... Ball you know, buster. I yeah, said it. there you go. About, you know, all the little details and stuff, then... Um, the kids are going to be much more reluctant to act out because they don't want to get hit—not hit physically, but right, you know, they right, don't want right. to be—they don't want to be smacked down verbally or or on their papers or anything else. And and I said at the earlier levels it's that, but I think also for the higher levels you'll have lots of students, especially in Asia. I had in Korea. Oh, please correct everything that I say wrong. And I mean these are advanced to higher. Uh, to nearly native like mm -hmm. and I mean they didn't make that many mistakes but a lot of the times I would still let it go I mean right. they are communicating very well I can understand it everyone else can understand it it doesn't matter the error correction doesn't need to be there right right and yeah actually that's one of the one of the walls I'm coming up against because it's uh, sort of old ideas versus new ideas and and the uh, the old man of, well, it was good enough for me. It'll be good enough for these whippersnappers. <laughs> um, you know, the, and so you get, you get the people, well, you know, I'm going to do drill and kill in the classroom because what I, how I learned English and I speak very well and some of them do, mm -hmm. um, is I learned it because I had to go do eight hours of homework every night. And right. so, uh, my students are going to do eight hours of homework every night because that's what I did. and It was good right. for me, and I read my Brussels sprouts. And you, you make it sound like eight hours of homework's a bad thing. Bad thing. Uh, okay, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, eight hours of drills is a bad thing. Eight well, hours of communication. Any amount of drills to me would be a bad thing. Yes. Um, anxiety. Well, uh, <laughs> out, out, out. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just thinking going to the Razius method. Yeah. Um, and I don't ask me his John maybe Razius. Okay. He works at oh, where is he teaching now? Not Brown. I can't remember. But he revolutionized basically the Peace Corps uh, ESL training. Oh, cool. And he's a very in-your-face. Um, theatrical uh, language teacher. Like this? See the rabbit? Basically, yeah. I mean, he, he plays dress-up, uh, comes in in wigs and things like that, and just automatically will snap and point at students, and they have to answer right now, and it it's it's definitely raises the anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's... Uh, mm, huh? and it's this one is method. Good? It's one method, and he gets... Pretty good results. Yeah, that's cool. And um, so you want to have some anxiety. I I don't want a totally chilled classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is yeah. that there is a line that you need to find on on going overboard with it or what have you. But um, you you don't want to make them. You can make them a little nervous and and have to anticipate, but you don't want to make them scared. Right. Put it that way. Right. Right. And um, I'm just thinking of, I had a student uh, in my high school class when I was teaching in New York City, and at the beginning of the semester, she would barely talk, she would talk in a whisper, she would never read or anything, and just gentle coaxing and um, joking along with her and building up her confidence that way. By the end of the semester, she was raising her hand to volunteer. I mean, even though her reading level hadn't improved that much, but her confidence and mm-hmm. desire to try was much better, and it was it was quite remarkable. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, and I, that really ties in with the motivation and stuff. As the as they get as the anxiety comes to a challenging level, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, the motivation becomes much more of a factor. And so keeping the kids interested in, and when I say the kids, I mean everybody who's a student, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of age, um, keeping them interested in what the topic is and what's going on, whether it's a communicative, uh, you know, respond to an article or this is the letter A, (laughs) you know. Um, it's just to be able to keep piquing the interest and keeping it in a situation so that they're having fun or at least not even if they're not having fun they're at least enjoying it right which I actually separate out because it's not the same thing right um, but you know and that really keeps them going or at least it doesn't stop them so what are some ways to make it enjoyable beat them with sticks exactly um no no Okay. Not quite. Uh, personalization. Yeah. Tie it into their life so mm. that they have a, a personal stake in whatever you are learning. Sure. Or what they are learning. Sure, sure. Um, and that way they'll have more to talk about. Mm. They can identify it with it better. They're more motivated to talk about it. It's something real to them. 
Right. And actually, that falls in with the writing class that I taught last year. Um, the university level, uh, generally third and fourth year kids. Um, so they're getting ready to graduate or getting ready to get ready to graduate. And we had this huge essay class. And everybody's like, I don't want to do English composition. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Today is voice day. Yes. I had a little caffeine now. I'm happy. Um, so they didn't want to do the composition writing. And everybody knows it's like, you know, trying to get teeth from a chicken um, to get, you know, five or six five-page papers in 15 weeks. That's not not an easy feat. Right. Um, it's possible, but... What I did was, all right, here's the class. We're going to give the class a topic. And the topic, for the in this case, happened to be Japan. And all the students are Japanese. So they know a little about it. <clears throat> You'd be surprised how little <laughs> uh, at times. <laughs> Hello, old students. Don't be mad at me. <laughs> you can write Scott at Scott Duarte. <laughs> anyway, um, the, so the overall class topic was... Japan. It had to be something to do with Japan so that the students could inform foreign people or people who are interested in Japan about it and hopefully learn something themselves. So under the the umbrella of Japan, they had to choose their own particular topic to write on. And it's going to be a series of five papers. And the papers ranged from uh, three and a half pages to six. Okay. And so as they dug into the topic more and more, because they were choosing the specific topic, the affective filter was way low because they were highly motivated mm -hmm. because I told them to choose something that they wanted to learn more about. Right. And as they dug into it, they got really excited, about, much more excited than I thought that they were going to get. Or that you were. But they were much more excited <laughs> about some stuff than I was. Um you know, one of they had. Well, I, I'm not going to go into any of the topics and stuff because I don't want them to be mad at me. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, all of it. It was all. It was all what they had chose. Right. And or they had chosen for those grammar Nazis out there. <laughs> um, and so they were able to guide their own ship so to speak. And by the end of the year, um, I have a PDF file that is 320 pages, including bibliography. And they liked it. And they did like it. And uh, I, I put it all in the PDF file, burned it to disk, and handed out the disk in the last day of class. And they were really, really excited about it. Sweet. So, yeah. So, uh, Self-determination as part of personalization mm -hmm. is a great way to lower the affective filter related to motivation. Yes. Done talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that 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 is like grand scheme. If you could get that out of your, out of your students, if you have students high enough level or whatever, that is definitely the way to go. Um, an easy way for anyone in the classroom, uh, start doing pair and group work. Yes. And this this is critical if you have to teach large classes. Yeah. Uh, conversational English or communicative English. I mean, you have 30, 25 to 35 students in a classroom. You need to put them in pair and group work yeah. so that they have a little time to talk to each other. Right. And well, and then you're also reinforcing the motivation socially. 
mm-hmm. and using social some sort of social pressure to as a in a positive way right you know use peer pressure to your advantage and so you know you get everybody to be pushing themselves up in motivation uh, because of because oh my friend is doing well I'm going to do well right and you set up you know if you do it right you can set up little challenges to help them push each other up you got to be careful because you can it will work the other way too and they can push everybody and everybody starts heading for the bottom true so you do have to be a little careful with parent group work however comma it's uh, definitely it's a great way to get uh, students motivated and well and for those talking. Exactly. For those quieter students or those students who are uh, still afraid of making mistakes in front of the other students, it gives them a chance to speak with their friends, and they're usually not as uh, embarrassed in front of their friends as much as – I can't talk today. They're not as embarrassed to make mistakes in front of their friends than the teacher. So if they're allowed to talk, uh, do group work with their friends first and practice what they're going to say, and then you pull it out to a whole class activity, they have the... the, the, They've already got one under their belt, and so they have the confidence from that to be able to speak out in front of you and the other scary people who are in the class. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Another way is varying your class activities. Very classy activities. Exactly, exactly. Just um, not doing the same thing over and over again. Uh oh. Finding new ways. <laughs> well, finding new ways to present the same. Yeah. The same things. The same old crap. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and actually, you know, that's as that's a, a standard teaching uh, strategy. You know, because sometimes you do have to explain the same. You know, subject verb agreement. And one student gets it one way, another student's going to get it a different way, and so you you should have that in your bag already. And uh, the added bonus is because it's a little different motivation. Oh, let's try this this way. Um, see, that was a great voice. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, mm, I got caught on the voices. <laughs> <laughs> see, I told you we'd be better, but we're still not at our. He never said Pro good. level. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, because the... the voices. The, 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 the voices in your head say, no, the students are able to try some... Try, even if it's the same thing, they're able to try it in a different way. Right. And, uh, you know, everybody likes a little variety. Exactly. So go in to your class, um, prepare and everything, but... That's what I keep doing wrong. <laughs> Prepared. But... Be able to be spontaneous enough that if something's not working, to shift to something else. Like we do. Exactly. <laughs> well, we're just totally spontaneous, and that's our downfall. We're, well, no, we're we're this spontaneously prepared. Actually, th- yeah, spontaneously prepared. Now, this is a the way we do this is a really good half-assed. No, stop. <laughs> it's um, it's it's an example of you know affective filter. Uh, reduction because except you are the students in this case uh, not you them oh, okay thank you <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and so we're trying to get you as a listener more motivated and more excited about teaching English by showing what partially sometimes not to do <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know we talk about we've talked about a motivation a couple of times before mm-hmm. but we're talking about it a slightly different way this time 
to hopefully get you motivated to do more motivational things in your class and motivate, motivate, motivate. I feel like I'm listening to Tony Robbins, sir. What's that guy's he name? He is fun to listen to. <laughs> listen to his podcast. <laughs> Actually, there's a TED uh, TED lecture for him. Ah. So if you go to, I think it's TED.com, T-E-D.com. Reel it in. Yeah. Reel it back. I'm just throwing out shouts, <laughs> man. So speaking of reeling it back. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's about all I got to say. Um, yeah, well, let's, I mean, really what you definitely want to hit, recap. Go ahead. Oh, man, you suck. I started, <laughs> you end it. All right. Uh, so three things, four things that you really want to focus on when uh, concentrating on the affective filter in class is personalization. One, you really want to make sure that the students have a personal stake in what's going on. The more that the class can be them-centric, the better off they will do. Uh, you want to use a lot of pair and group work for number two. And the socialization will help increase motivation. Uh, be careful for positive or negative results from that. Generally, it's going to be positive. You really got to screw something up to get negative results. Right. Or you have to have a really difficult student. Again, at that point, you really want to start finding, you have to do the find, um, catch them doing the right things, which brings us to minimizing error corrections and you focusing on positive aspects. This You got this right and this right and this right and this right, and who cares about the rest? So right. great, you got four this time. Next time, let's shoot for five. So minimize error correction. Concentrate on positive correction. Okay, we'll call it positive correction. <laughs> um, and last, uh, you want to vary and by making your class activities not the same every day, right? The variation will help uh, at least keep interest. Exactly. If not motivation. Exactly. So remember, you want to build motivation, build self confidence, and take away anxiety within the students. And by doing those three things, uh, you should give your students the best possibility, the best chance of learning their language. Right. Right. And remember, you know, affective filter issues also deal with it doesn't have to be perfect. It's just got to be able, you got to be able to communicate and you got to be reasonably happy with some level in there. Right. And uh, I keep telling my teaching students, um, don't worry if your English is not perfect because it's better than your students. And if you can bring them up to your level, that's fine because then another teacher later will push them up a little higher. Exactly. So, uh, I just want to, in closing, want to thank um, Timothy Mason at T. Mason at uh, Timothy Mason JP, uh, Timothy JP Mason dot com, <laughs> uh, who writes about uh, Krashen's Effective Filter much uh, more eloquently than I talk about it. And also uh, the linguistics language program of University of California, San Diego at uh, ling.ucsd.edu backslash language. And you should be able to find it from yeah, there. Do a search. Um, <laughs> and for providing the information that I got off the in internet uh, about this, that yeah, we based yeah. this on. Cool. Uh, so for next time, uh, my email is scott at edgycation.org.
O-R-G. And mine is Scott Duarte at education.org. S-C-O-T-T-D-U-A-R-T-E. All one word, all lowercase. So email me and tell me how excited I uneloquent sound. <laughs> <laughs> I was today. Incoherent yeah. I was today. Um, don't forget to swing by uh, education.org and sign up for the forums. And uh, we'll have some more stuff up there. I'm thinking there's a poll that I want to put up within the next couple of days, but we'll see. Um, the, uh, yeah, please. Um, so, uh, we're excited to hopefully see you there. Let's drop in a little background music. Um, and, uh, this content is also put out on a Creative Commons 3.0 license. It's, uh, attribution, share alike, non-commercial, and thank you to the Creative Commons people for making that stuff available. What that means is you can share it, you can give it away, uh, but if you try to sell it, please let us know first. Yes. So we can say, well, who you go sell that to? <laughs> um, anything that, you got? No. Just no. Uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Take care. Enjoy the tunes. Bye. Say bye. Bye.